What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. On Dolphins, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, Dolphins, and welcome in to the Wednesday, October the 11th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. On today's show, the All-22 Coaches film is out, and that means we are talking tape. Who showed out and who stayed on the bus for the game on Sunday in the win over the Tennessee Titans 16-10? Also, the Dolphins' fifth-round success in recent years. Coincidence, or is there something to the Dolphins' late-round drafting? All that and much, much more, but first, as you guys know... I have to remind you guys to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Tuned In, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Drop us a five-star rating, write us a nice little review. Those subscriptions, ratings, reviews are how podcasters are judged. The more we get, the higher we go up on the iTunes chart, the more it exposes us to more Dolphins, and it helps the show continue to keep growing, and we really, really, really appreciate that support, guys. Also, don't forget to check out the Locked On Sports family of podcasts, including the Locked On NFL podcast and Locked On Heat podcast for local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Lastly, follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins and check out LockedOnDolphins.com. Check out my personal website, ThirdAndTen.com, all about quarterback play around the NFL and some other stuff in there for you guys as well. Here in a minute, we'll talk about the tape review from the game on Sunday as it came out on Tuesday, and we had a chance to go ahead and review that. But before I do that, i got to remind you guys about another place that reviews tape and gives grades similarly to the way I do it, and that, of course, is ProFootballFocus.com. ProFootballFocus is giving away a free PFF Edge subscription, one per show per week of $40 value. What PFF is, it's NFL player grades, snap counts, positional ranks. If you watch the games on Sunday night on NBC, they have it across the bottom line of the players or the starting lineups like under each player where they rank amongst the league so you know it's a reputable site for you fantasy guys they have fantasy projections rankings tools and charts nfl draft coverage with pff profiles and college stats team and player pages featuring pff stats pff miami is a great follow on twitter if you don't already do that so check that out profootballfocus.com for your chance to win a free pff edge subscription all you have to do is write a review on itunes apple podcast and leave your twitter handle in that review and we will pick one per show per week i know i've been promising that to you guys and i see there's a few in there already and we will get that taken care of shortly as soon as i have the authority to do so that's profootballfocus.com all right for those of you that know or have game pass know that the film comes out on tuesday so i have a chance to digest it go over everything i saw and i was really excited to watch the defense not so much about the offense but if you follow me on twitter you saw me kind of going nuts on Twitter yesterday with all the GIFs that I posted. I think I had about 40 or 50 total from the game. There was just that many plays that I thought were significant enough to share with you guys. And I was really excited about the defense, not so much the offense. But what I did notice is that 
even though the offense has been terrible and the defense has been really good, that you guys were bigger fans of the offensive stuff that I wrote out just because I'm not sure that football fans maybe love the misery loves company aspect more of it or if they really want to see bad stuff over good stuff. But defensively, it was quite a show to watch, and it was actually a lot of fun for me to go over. And that's not usually my forte. Usually I focus on offense. But this week it was all about the defense, and I wanted to start up front with two guys that I've pretty much been talking about every week. And you all know about Ndamukong Sue and what he does. He is a tree stump against double teams. He's a menace against in, in pass rushing situations. You can't block him one-on-one. And he just kind of disrupts everything. And I had a couple of tweets in there saying, if you think that Ndamukong Sue doesn't deserve the money that he got, or if someone tells you that, slap him upside the head because he is just dominating every week. And it's been that way for a couple of years now. But where he really is improving is just having better play next to him. And you have to credit Devon Godshow for that. He has been sensational. And I talked about him in the first preseason game. He looked awesome, albeit against backups, third stringers, four stringers. And then we said, I said that his next test was going to be playing against starters. He comes out in game two with, I think, the second string, plays well in that game. Comes out in game three, gets the start, and completely plays well yet again. Comes out in the regular season, and every single week through the first four games, he has just improved upon his game. He's playing fantastic. His forced fumble in that game... Now, normally he's taking on double teams and he just stands there and has that low base and that good anchor and he makes a lot of room for linebackers to make plays and we'll get to those guys here in a minute. But Devon Godshow, I had one tweet where he actually retweeted himself and liked it, so I think he agrees with me, but he actually got beat where the left guard pushed him off the off the ball and across the formation and Devon Godshow gets his back in there, doesn't give up on the play, spins around and swipes his arm at the ball and punches it out. Dolphins take over and get three points on the board out of it. So a fantastic game from him. If you don't follow him on Twitter, go ahead and find him. It's just type in Devon Godshow, you'll find him. He is an awesome follow. He's an awesome guy and an awesome player, and I couldn't be more thrilled that we got him in the fifth round this year. Also along the defensive line, the defensive ends, and we all know about Cam Wake and what he does for this team, but the other three guys are the ones that I want to talk about more in this game because I think they had better games, and actually Charles Harris played one more snap than Cam Wake in this game, believe it or not. I think it's pretty crazy to say and, and hard to believe, but that's the case, but um, Charles Harris had himself a great game with a couple more pressures. He gets his first career sack. He had a, a pass deflected or a, a pass defense, whatever you call it, so a great game from Charles Harris, but the other two guys that had outstanding games... And I kind of wanted to riff off of Matt Burke and what he did with the defense in this game. And you can tell they saw something on, on the film that they liked because those guys were crashing inside and the linebackers were flowing around the outside. And I'm not sure if that's necessarily a common thing for the Dolphins scheme. Maybe someone with a little more knowledge of it than I do can can correct me on Twitter or whatever. But they were doing that in this game where they were slanting inside. The D-tackles were eating up double teams. The linebackers had so much room to make plays, whether it was Timmons, Malaluga, or Kiko Alonso. But those defensive ends just so dang good. Andre Branch gets himself a pair of sacks. He gets himself, some, uh, I think, another TFL. Gets in there and just causes havoc. And Will Hayes, they couldn't block him. He was coming off the backside and collapsing plays. As the f- the front side of the play is, is stuffing things up and causing the back to change direction or change his mind about which hole he picks, you see Will Hayes coming in and crashing from behind and making a big stop. So those guys were just fantastic up front all game long. And it freed up room for Lawrence Timmons and Kiko Alonso, who both had exceptional games in this one. I think that the speed the Dolphins have this year going from you know, this, the rotation of linebackers that they had funneling through last year next to Kiko Alonso. We go from that to Lawrence Timmons, and that speed upgrade is so huge. You know, 
defensively, the Dolphins were speed deficient last year. Now it might be kind of a strength and tackling and their ability to do all that stuff. It really showed in this game on Sunday. And I don't want to take any credit away from the Dolphins because Matt Castle was playing. He's a bad quarterback. We know that. He's not any good. But just the way the Dolphins dominated everywhere else on the field was awesome to see. And in coverage, seeing tan- uh, seeing uh, Kiko and Lawrence Simmons work in tandem and the way they were able to find the drop of their de- the depth of their drop on zone coverage and be in the right position on man coverage was just really, really good to see. Timmons had a great play, on, and I tweeted out a gif of it, where he gets the perfect depth of his drop on like a third and nine play. It's a high-low concept where the Titans run a crosser underneath and a crosser over the top to try to confuse the linebackers, but Timmons is right there, and he essentially covers three guys by being in that one zone, so fantastic job by him. He was racing to the sidelines and making tackles in the backfield. Just great recognition. Kiko on that blitz, that was a Matt Burke thing. The Titans had no protection to the right side outside of the right guard and right tackle, and they overloaded blitz with a defensive back, and I want to say it was Bobby McCain, and Kiko Alonso came off that edge, and Kiko gets there, gets home, gets the strip sack. Rashad Jones picks it up, takes it to the house. So fantastic game by both of those guys. And Ray Maluga, I would be remiss if I didn't shout him out for the game he played on Sunday as well. My fo- my f- former co-host of the Finalysis podcast, I've talked about him a lot on the show on Twitter, Kevin Dern, at KevinMD4. He's a good follow there as well. He talked about, he, he lives in Cincinnati, so he's very familiar with the Bengals roster and kind of those guys and how they play. And he said that Ray Maluga, he's not going to do much for you. He probably only comes onto the field when a fullback is on the field, and he can play B-gap to B-gap. That's off-center, or off-guard and off-guard, nothing else. Not going to go any wider than that. And he can defend the run in that area. And Maluga had a very good game doing just that. And he took out the fullback a couple of times, who had a really rough game dealing with the Dolphins defense so very good linebacker play all around for the Dolphins something we probably did not say once all last year you move back into the secondary and Rashad Jones has officially returned to being the Rashad Jones we all know and love just flying all over the place there was one running play on the first possession of the game where they opened up a pretty good uh, hole off of the tackle and Rashad Jones darts into that gap forces DeMarco Murray to the outside and Jones peels back off and races to the sideline beats him to the sideline and he kind of is hand-fighting with him, and then Xavier Howard comes up and knocks him out and cleans the play up. A fantastic play all around. Rashad, obviously we know the two fumble recoveries, the one he took to the house. I've talked about that on Sunday show. Don't got to go any more into it. He was fantastic in, in keeping the play alive and, and making sure the refs had a tough decision to make. He has just been awesome the last couple of games, and it's really great to see him taking this defense to another level. The only player that I have negative notes on from the game on the defense is Nate Allen. He has been struggling big time this year. I thought maybe he'd be a better upgrade than Michael Thomas, but I'm not sure at this point that he is because Thomas had a rough year last year. Nate Allen, at the end of the year with the Raiders, was playing okay and not been the case right now. That long touchdown was on him with a double post concept where they tried to separate the single high safety, which was Nate Allen, and it worked. The cornerback up on the top of the screen was handling the the far receiver, and then the, the crosser, Jonu Smith, coming across. He gets himself in front of Nate Allen, take, catches the ball, breaks a tackle, takes it to the end zone. Luckily, a pass interference wiped that play out, and the Dolphins really essentially win the game because of that. So he gets bailed out there, but he's had a rough day, a rough year so far with the Dolphins. Speaking of the secondary, the cornerbacks could not be more impressed with the three guys and the way they tackled in this game. Bobby McCain was fantastic in being physical. He's taken a step forward this year, in my opinion. Cordray Tankersley, another solid game. Each he and Xavier Howard only allowed two catches on the game, so very good performances from those two guys. And like I said, they both tackled very well, and they're just both kind of, they kind of have a bit of a veteran presence about them in, in terms of knowing where to be at the right spot at the right time. So cornerbacks all around, good game from those guys. So just a dominant, dominant performance from the defense. One note that I, I made myself was that on three possessions, the Dolphins' offense, offensively Jay Cutler and, and the crew, went 
two plays, and the second was a fumble by J.H.I. The next drive was a three and out, and then the following drive after that was an interception on the very first play by Jay Cutler. So the Dolphins' defense is getting put into bad situations. On the Ajayi fumble, they're backed up to their own 24-yard line. They only allow a field goal out of that. But on those three drives, the Dolphins were on the field for nine plays on defense, and the Titans went backwards eight yards. So nine plays, negative eight yards, negative one yard per play just about on those three series with quick changes and quick turnovers. So kind of gives you a little bit of a testament to their resiliency as well as their overall dominance in the game. Just played a fantastic football game. Cannot say enough about them. That is the defensive review here on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast from the film at Wingfield NFL at Lockdown Fins. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. All right, as I mentioned, this is the Lockdown Dolphins podcast with your host, Travis Wingfield at Wingfield NFL. And let's go ahead and get into the offensive review and talk about the side of the ball that is really, really struggling. We talked about the stats on yesterday's show and how bad it, it is there. Well, the tape really backs it up because offensively, the quarterback is having just a rough season as a, as a whole. I mean, there's a lot of talk on Twitter about whose fault is it. Well, it's everyone's fault to a certain extent, but the quarterback really can clean up a lot of his game to make things better. In the pocket, he's seeing ghosts. The pass protection has not been very bad. He is ducking his head and tucking into you know, the offensive line and the, and the defensive pressure on the Anthony Fasano interception where he tucks in there. There is a whole side of the field that's open he can run to. He doesn't even bother to look at it, just kind of t- turtles in there and tries to throw a prayer and gets picked off. Terrible, terrible, terrible quarterbacking. He misses a number of throws. The Julius Thomas third down throw, if he plants his feet and throws it over the top, that's an automatic walk-in touchdown for Julius Thomas. Instead, he throws on the run, and even though there's no one within sight of him for pressuring him, and he underthrows it, misses a third and one, play Dolphins have to punt so he cost his team six points there he has another bad miss on a Jarvis Landry crossing route where he underthrows it severely just really bad quarterback play he's fading away taking big sacks going backwards most of the time that 14 yard loss in the sack was pretty atrocious having underthrow so just really really bad quarterback play for the Dolphins that they really haven't had this bad a quarterback play probably since 2011 and on the outside, the receivers also not playing very well, not competing. What I mean by that is Jarvis Landry is not competing right now. There was a comeback route where Jay Cutler did break the pocket and, and made a decent throw, and Landry just kind of stood there and let the player, defensive player break it up. He's not exploding in and out of his routes. He's not showing that emotion and that juice. And juice, if you want to get paid, you better step it up because right now you're not playing well and you're emotion your negative emotion is showing on the field so step it up Jarvis Landry Kenny still still a missing person no separation there from him either on the offensive line the interior offensive line has not been good and I'm starting to get really concerned about Mike Pouncey because he's having a problem reaching certain players he has some blocks that are good looking but he has a lot of problems reaching getting into space on guys and that was the entire point of his game was that outside zone where he can get on the on the edge and really make some plays but he's not getting there right now the guards next to him are really bad Jermon Bushrod's getting walked into the backfield Anthony Steen can't recognize a stunt still to save his life he's playing bad the tackles are actually playing pretty good on the outside I think that Juwan James has been the best offensive lineman of this year so far Larry Tunzel is getting better I, I think everyone kind of jumped the boat on the panic button there he's playing just fine right now and 
I think that JHI's best runs, normally this is an outside zone team, and I talked about this concept with you guys before, but I'll give you a quick reminder. Outside zone, every on zone running plays, you'll see the offensive line all step. They'll make the first same step, the same first step to the right or to the left, and they all kind of work in unison and try to find guys within their zone to block. And then JHI has a certain mesh point where he wants to get to and then cut back whether it's inside or outside. On outside zone, that mesh point is on the offensive tackle, and he wants to cut it back against the grain to a hole that he finds. And on the inside zone, he wants to press inside and bounce it outside, if that makes any sense to you guys. So my recommendation for the Dolphins' offense and their running scheme would be to start running more inside zone, where those interior linemen can just kind of hold up the point of attack, and then those outside tackles can use their athleticism to kind of turn guys in a certain way, and Ajayi can kick it outside from that point. Because that's where his best runs have come so far, is off tackle and getting outside of uh, either Laramie Tunzel or Jawan James. So struggles there. But the good news is, guys, I, I do see a light at the end of the tunnel. They're, they're so close to making a few of these big plays. If he hits Landry for two of those third-down completions that were a lack of effort on his part and just bad throws by Cutler, if he hits Julius Thomas for the big third-down play, we're talking about an offense that has 23, 24 points, and they have a couple more third-down conversions, gives the defense a little bit of a rest, and probably turns the ball over a little bit less. It just everything can be fixed with a couple of good plays, or a couple of negative plays turned into good plays, and the opportunities are there. The play calling is fine. Don't blame Adam Gaze. It's not his fault. The execution is lacking, and I think that it will get better eventually. Whether that happens this week or not, I am not sure, but let's hope that it does. All right, before I move into the last segment on today's show, talking about the Dolphins' fifth-round draft success over the last five or six years, I wanted to talk to you guys about a couple of guests I might be having coming on. Uh, tomorrow's show, I'm supposed to have Aaron from Locked On Falcons doing a crossover podcast uh, previewing the Falcons-Dolphins game, which we'll see, we'll see what happens in that game. I don't really have a whole lot of hope for the Dolphins in that one, but we'll talk to him at Locked On Falcons, and we'll be a crossover podcast there. And then also later in the week, if not next week, I have confirmed that Ian Wharton will be coming on to join the podcast. If you don't know him, he started off as a Dolphins guy and now works for Bleacher Report. He's a at NFL film study. He's a great follow, a great film analysis, a great college quarterback prospect analysis. Just a bunch of things he does very well. And he also has I think he does the cornerbacks for Bleacher Report. He's a very good cornerback guy. So we'll, we'll talk about Jay Cutler and the Dolphins offense as well as the Miami Dolphins secondary with him when I get him on. But for now, I just want to do a quick little thing about the Dolphins' fifth-round draft picks. And there are one, two, three, four, five guys that I wrote down that I wanted to talk about and just kind of figure out what's going on with the Dolphins scouting and why they're so successful in that range. And the more I look at it, the more I don't really see any similarities because you have Rashad Jones in 2010, comes from Georgia, 2015, so it's five years later. Really, Rashad Jones is just kind of an add-in because he's a Pro Bowl player, you know, one of the best players in the league's position. 2015, you go Jay Ajayi. He's from Boise. You got Bobby McCain from Utah State, and then you got Tony Lipper from Michigan State, and then this year, Devon Godshow from LSU. So you have two SEC, one Mountain West, or two Mountain West, excuse me, and one Big Ten. So I was going to try to regionalize the scouting and try to figure out where that came from because Dolphins have regional scouts, whether it's the Northwest, the Southwest, this SEC country, you know, the Southeast. They have guys planted out throughout the country that are specialized in those areas. And I know the Dolphins for a long time have valued their West Coast scout, the guy out here in my turf of the of the country. And he's done a good job drafting a lot of players out here from the West Coast. But there really isn't a reason to the madness or a you know method to the madness with the Dolphins' fifth-round draft picks. But they have built themselves an all-pro safety, an all-pro running back, a solid slot corner, a legitimate fill-in slash starter perimeter corner in Tony Lippett once he gets back and healthy, and now a dominant starting defensive tackle in Devon Godshow. So very good on the Dolphins for making that happen, and it's really made up for some of those 
not so great early round draft picks they've had in recent years. <laughs> Dion Jordan, you know, a uh, couple of those guys that haven't played so well. All right, guys, that's going to do it for today's show. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating review and check out the other Locked On Sports podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at WingfulNFL and check out thirdand10.com as well as LockedOnDolphins.com. We'll be back tomorrow with a preview edition against the Falcons of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. The list.